This episode of Revision Path is brought to you by Facebook Design. You've heard of Facebook, right? Huge site, over a billion people visit it every day. But what's it really like working there? I talked with John Lax, the Director of Product Design, to find out. Um, the most interesting thing is really the impact and scale you have. It's pretty humbling that when you work on a product and it goes out into the world and then you start seeing that not just millions of people are using the thing that you worked on for months, but tens of millions or even hundreds of millions of people are every day touching and using something that you spend a lot of time and care to, to make. That is pretty mind-blowing. Learn more at facebook.com forward slash design. Are you looking for a job? Do you know someone who's looking for a job? Then check out our job board over at revisionpath.com forward slash jobs. Whether you want a full-time job or you're looking for something temporary or freelance, we've got you covered. This week, Prairie View A&M University is looking for an adjunct assistant professor for their art department. Facebook is looking for a research program manager, as well as a UX researcher. Society of Grownups is looking for a product designer in Boston. And Mapbox is looking for a map designer. We also have job listings from Indeed.com. So go ahead and head over to the Revision Path job board at revisionpath.com forward slash jobs to apply and to search for any other listings. Don't forget to sign up for our weekly job alerts. So when there are new positions that are added to the job board, you'll get an email so you can be the first to apply. And if you're looking for more jobs, then become a member of our Slack community and join the jobs channel. See you there. You're listening to the Revision Path Podcast, a weekly showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. Through in-depth interviews, you'll learn about their work, their goals, and what inspires them as creative individuals. Here's your host, Maurice Cherry. Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry, and before we get into this week's interview, let's talk about our sponsors, MailChimp and Hover. More than 10 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters, including us. We send out our monthly newsletter through MailChimp as well as our weekly job alerts and any other upcoming bulletins and things like that, such as our upcoming Ask Me Anything chat this week um, on Wednesday with Cat Small. So no other email service provider is better when it comes down to both functionality and customer service. So sign up for a free account today at MailChimp.com. When you have a great idea, you want to secure a great domain name for it. That's where Hover comes in. Hover makes it super easy for you to find that domain name that you're looking for and get it up and running with no hassle and no heavy-handed upselling. I think the thing that I like the most about Hover is that they will always let you know when your domains are about to expire. So there's never any sort of surprise when you're about to have a domain expire. I get a notice 90 days out, 60 days out, 30 days out, two weeks out, three days out. So I always make sure I keep everything up to date. Hover makes it super duper simple. Uh, Go ahead and grab yourself a domain today from Hover. Use our promo code REVISIONPATH and you'll save 10% off your purchase. Here's our Patreon fundraising campaign update. So we're still holding steady at 37 patrons, but we've dropped down again, dropped down to $244 per month. Uh, Again, I want to thank everybody that has pledged your support and appreciation for the show. It really does mean a lot. 
it doesn't, you know, look good to see the numbers go down, but I'm glad for the people that are still supporting us. I really, really do appreciate that support. If you like what we're doing here at Revision Path and you enjoy the guests that we have on the show, if you've gotten any value from the interviews or even from our blog, please consider becoming a patron. You'll get access to some great perks like early access to future episodes uh, and free Revision Path goodies. So just head on over to patreon.com forward slash revision path and make that happen. Pledge levels start at just $1 per month and it's a really great and affordable way to support the show on a regular basis. Now let's get on to this week's interview. Our theme of the month is Legacies. We're still continuing on that theme. And this week's guest is WordPress developer and consultant Karanda Adair. Let's start the show. All right. So tell us who you are and what you do. I am Karanda Adair, and I'm a WordPress developer and consultant. And I also do a lot of speaking engagements at uh, tech conferences. And I try to generally mentor and help other people who are trying to start or run their own business. Now, we first talked, oh, my God, back in 2013, I had did an interview with you for Revision Path. This is before I started doing the whole podcast. And right around that time, you were just starting your business. Tell me kind of what's been going on with your business since then. It's been a whirlwind. Yeah, I, I started in January of 2013 is exactly when I started my business. And I have a very different mindset from when I started out. Back then, I was very much focused on like, I'm going to make websites for people and I'm going to do it by myself and I'm going to code into the sunset and it's going to be great. Like, I didn't want the, the complications of building an entire business or trying to have a team or any of those things. Um, and I was very much focused on like, build the website and move on. So, since that time, I've really gotten connected with a lot of awesome mentors and I actually have a post on my blog that's like, here's how I learned to, to build this thing. Here are the people that I learned from. And I really learned a lot about marketing and about what makes websites actually work, what makes them effective tools to grow your business. And so now I'm much more focused on not just, okay, let's build the website, but like, how are you going to use this tool to market your business? Because that's what it should be. And so I restructured my entire business this year to really focus on just recurring customers who want to make a commitment and who understand that their website's not just this static thing that sits there, that you have to put effort into it to make it into a marketing machine. So that's been a huge shift in my business. And it's really given me a lot more peace of mind in terms of trying to get off that feast or famine roller coaster that's really common. What was the the tipping point for you? I feel like most entrepreneurs, when they go into business, like you said, they go into it with all these very lofty aspirations. And then you're like, okay, I really need to figure out how to do X, Y, Z. What was that, that point for you? There were a few points. One was, you know, a lot of the people I follow just really, really hammer this. Like they have entire businesses built around like teaching people how to how to create recurring revenue in your business. And if you think about it, if you don't know where your paycheck is coming from next month, like that's a stressful way to live. So part of it was just, you know, following those people and them saying from experience, look, <laughs> and I've seen this happen. Like either you build recurring revenue into your business or you end up getting a job. And I said that on Twitter a few weeks back and somebody was like, yep, <laughs> you know, she went back and got a job. Not that there's anything wrong with that if that's what you want, but 
I'm in this, like, I'm not, you know, I don't have a plan B. So, so that was one thing. And then the other thing was just like trying to level up and get larger jobs, which I was able to do last year, but then them not being the right clients and them not being, you know, not having those projects be successful because then there were other missing pieces that I didn't know about in advance or I didn't think about or I didn't have the systems in place to deal with. And so, you know, it was just a combination of like a lot of hard, expensive lessons uh, that made me refocus. And with that, you kind of started to to change your mindset and then position yourself now where you can bring in those projects. Yeah. And not only that, it made me realize, too, that education is a huge it's a huge issue and a huge barrier to having a successful project. Anytime you're, as a consumer, you're going to buy something that's really technical and it could be, it doesn't have to be web. It could be, you know, you're going to have somebody build you a custom house or, or a remodeling job or, you know, something where it's just, it's a large technical expense and something that you're not familiar with. I think as a consumer, you have to educate yourself to a point in order for that project to be successful. Otherwise, you're not going to have realistic expectations. You're not going to know, you know, why things take so long or what. And I ran into that big time last year to the point where I decided to make a course. I decided to make an online course for business owners to teach them this is what effective websites involve. This is what it takes to have a website that doesn't just sit there as like a an online brochure, but that actually brings leads into your business and gives you a return on investment. And so I've been working on that for the past nine months or so. And because the time I spend educating clients, like we could have finished the project. It could have, you know, the website could have been up and working for them, but instead we're mm-hmm. dinking around for two months about a logo or you know things that they think are important but aren't actually the things that are important to their users. Right. So talk to me about the course. I, I mean, like you said, I, I understand totally that need to kind of educate the customer. And, the, you know, the customer does have to come into it knowing a little bit, I think. It just helps out so they don't come to you like a, I don't know, like a used car salesman, like – I need a website. How much is it going to cost? You know, I've got this much money. What can I get for that? Exactly. Exactly. And that is the wrong mentality to approach it with. And, and really what the, like the, the, the catalyst, like the real catalyst was the number of clients I got in the first two years who came to me and they didn't own their domain name. So, Mm. you know, yourbusiness.com was registered, literally registered by their developer because they were like, oh, that's tech stuff. I don't want to deal with that. Like, oh, my last developer did that. So they don't own it. And that person can walk away with it at any time. And I just, I was so horrified. (laughs) I was like, you know, you don't have to know how to like manage the domain or point the domain, but you, it needs to be in your name. It's like if you bought a house and you went to sign the papers and you said to your real estate agent, oh, that's too technical. Like you just signed the papers. Well, then your real estate agent owns your house. (laughs) Right. So, you know, so I just started trying to educate people at least to the point of like, you don't have to, you know, you don't need to be the one that, that goes into WordPress and, and post a blog or if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Pay somebody to do that. But you need to have the keys. You need to have an administrative login to your site. You need to own the domain. You know, all that stuff needs to be in your name. So that was like the first point that I started with. And, and actually I just made a video the other week that was just like, look, here's how you register a domain name. And I walked through the entire process because for some people that is like a sticking point. It's baffling. And when you actually go through it, it's not really any harder than, you know, 
actually it's a way easier than creating a Facebook account. So, so, but people have these barriers in their minds. And so, so the course kind of starts with those kind of foundations and then goes through, you know, this is why content is important. This is why knowing your target audience and what problem you're trying to solve is important. And this is how you use that information to create better marketing. And, you know, and there's six different modules that go through things like that. Some people might come in and, and think they want to do it themselves, right? They want to save money and they want to build their own website. So for those people, like I am providing that sort of roadmap of if you really want to do this yourself, here's how you can do it. Here's how to make it easier. Here's how you can make it less technical. But it's also for people who just want to be better consumers. You know, if you like, I have a, a project that's been stalled that started a year ago that should have taken maybe four months to complete. And it's still, you know, it's still stalled because we don't have content. And if they'd had their website up six months ago, they could have been getting the benefits of having that new website because their old website is a little embarrassing. (laughs) So, you know, there's value in just learning those things to become a better consumer. And that will affect your project going better and getting finished faster, which saves you time and money and all that good stuff. So what's been the feedback so far from the course? Um, So I did, I've only done one beta of the course and that was last fall. So, and that beta was, you know, that was me like having the idea. This all started out as like, I was just going to write an ebook. And then I realized like people need a lot more (laughs) handholding than that. So, so it really like, I'm one of those ready fire aim people. (laughs) Like, I'm the anti-perfectionist. So the people who are like, I can't start because it's not perfect. I'm like, Ooh, there's an idea. Let me go do that. So, (laughs) so I had the idea, you know, I put up the sales page, I ran the beta that was just six live webinars where I took these topics and then I just kind of put together like, here's everything I think people need to know about this. And so I've had some good response. It was a really small group. And so I had a a few people who were really engaged and one person who actually, you know, did redesign her website. So I've had really good feedback, but also I need to probably do more of that, more interactions, more testing out kind of small parts and getting feedback. And so that's the process that I'm in right now while also trying to serve clients and work in the yard and live life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, that idea of doing a course to teach clients, like I said before, that's a really good idea, not just because of the knowledge that it gives them kind of going into the project, but also it helps more so establish you as being that expert that can do that because I think from our end, we look at a lot of the things that we do with setting up websites is pretty simple. You know, oh, just set up a domain, just do this, just do that. But then the client would be like, oh, I'm not a techie. I don't know how to do this. And you certainly don't want to be the one in the middle of the project trying to like reach the other developer to get the login for XYZ when you're like, this could be just so much simpler. Exactly. If we would have done it this way. So it's sort of like a almost like an insurance policy in a way. Yeah. And my my ultimate goal would be that the majority of client projects that I do are people who've been through the course because then we're already on the same page and we can mm-hmm. move a lot faster because I'm not explaining to them, you know, here's why you shouldn't use that color on this, you know, like we're not dinking around about the small stuff or the stuff that doesn't actually affect return on investment. 
and you know, a lot of people, a lot of people get caught up in design. That's another really, really common thing where they want it to be pretty and not that websites shouldn't be pretty, but they should be useful. (laughs) And so a lot of people will get caught up in like the logo or the colors, or can we put this background image? And it's like a three megabyte thing that's going to slow their website to a crawl. And they don't understand that if your site doesn't load in one to two seconds, then people are going to leave and it's not going to work. And, you know, they get focused on like what they want instead of what's going to connect them to their customers and make people buy from them. So, you know, if everybody's on that same page and kind of focused on the business value of things and we make decisions based on what is going to be the best for consumers, what's going to be the best user experience for people who come to this site and want to know, like, what do you do and why am I here and what's in it for me, then that saves so much time. Yeah. Do you think you'll do more courses in the future? It depends. I'm just, I'm really building audience right now. And so I'm trying to find the people who need this and want this. And a lot of my mentors always say like, you know, you have this grand idea of what people need, but you have to figure what out what they want and sell them that <laughs> and then mm-hmm. give them what they need on the back end. So as I grow my audience and as I figure out like what, where are people stuck and what, what do they really need, then I'll definitely be tailoring whatever I create to that. Yeah, you have to kind of do that thing where you meet clients where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I think the courses are really, I mean, that's a that's just a great way to, to do it. I don't know what other, you know, entrepreneurs might do in terms of onboarding, but I feel like in terms of finding new clients, that's just a great thing. You've already kind of held their hand throughout that whole process. And now you're like, oh, so if you really want to work with me, we can get the ball rolling. And now we're kind of on the same page. Yeah. Because you've got the information that you need to know so you can be a good client. And then I can come and really show you what I can do as a developer. Yeah. And the other thing is they'll understand the value of it because the other catalyst for this was sort of, you know, something that developers joke about is the the $500 website client. Because after you've been doing this for a while, you understand, like, (laughs) there's no way to run a profitable business making. Well, I won't say there's no way, but for most freelancers. It's, it's very difficult. Yeah, it's it's extremely challenging. And so my thinking was, okay, for $500, I won't make you a website, but I'll show you what goes into a successful website so that you understand, you know, the mm-hmm. value of that and why I can't just slap something together for you for $500 and it's probably not going to do you any good and, you know, I'm just going to be stressed out and starving. So so that was the the other the other catalyst and you know once people a lot of things it's like you know you look at it and you're like oh yeah I can do that I can put that floor in I can I can build that fence I can do you know and you get into it and you're like man this is a lot of hard work like what else could I be doing with this time like why don't I call the people who have all the equipment and do this every day and could do it in you know a quarter of the time right. and do the thing that I'm best at I like to use that kind of like house reconstruction analogy too with clients. Like I try to do that same thing. I'm like, well, if you're, if you talk to your plumber, you don't try to tell them, Oh, I can remodel the bathroom myself. That's okay. <laughs> like, really? You know how much that's going to take? Why don't you just get a professional to do it? Yeah. Well, and the, you know, next door, that neighborhood network uh, site, the app. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. So somebody posted on there, like they had a, a wasp nest in their yard. And so I think like maybe she YouTubed it or something like how to get rid of it. And she's like, but 
the hundred dollars I spent in urgent care getting stung, I could have spent on like just hiring somebody who does this to come and take it out. So now she's got like, she still had to pay for Zoom care, pain and suffer. You know, it's like sometimes it's just like just just call somebody, yeah. just call somebody. Yeah. Just just throw somebody at the problem. Just get. Oh, I mean that's probably a really crass way to put it, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of when you and when you're starting up, like you have to do a lot of things yourself because you don't have the money, and that's also why, like you know, as I sort of price out the people who are in that that space, I want to have something to offer them. Like, okay, if you have to do it yourself, at least get a roadmap. At least save yourself the time and heartache of making all the mistakes yourself. And so one thing I'm working on is sort of I've I have tried all the things. I have a tech stack now that if someone came to me and said, "Okay, I need to get an online business up and going. Like, which host should I use? Where should I register my domain? You know, which theme should I use?" Like, I'm trying to put together that roadmap of like mm-hmm. zero to you know getting online because that's that's the foundation. Like that's and that's where a lot of people go astray. Like right from the start. That could be the next course. Yeah, it's it's actually the first, you know, it's like the first module, really, of the, the course that I'm doing. Now, there's a post that's on your, your personal site where it's called, Your Business Will Only Grow As Much As You Do. And based on what you've said so far, you know, your business definitely has really grown over these past, you know, few years. How have you grown personally since then? I think I'm a much, well... I think I was kind of like this before, but I think as a business owner, you deal with so many curveballs and so many things going wrong, sometimes disastrously wrong. And if you don't develop the skill of, you know, facing those moments and really responding fairly quickly with, okay, that happened, how do I fix it? You won't last very long. So I think that mindset has just been really, really honed because I had a lot of things go wrong in the last year where it's like, okay, that was not great, but what's the next step? Like stay focused on the goal and go around or over or under the roadblocks or ask for help. And so that's been, I think, huge. And I, I see people who don't get that and they're really stressed out and they really struggle and so I think that's probably one of the most important things I've learned just, you know, in doing this for three years and, and just, you got to be stubborn. You just got to be stubborn because things are going to happen and it's going to go slower than you want it to. And you're going to feel like everybody is having success except for you. And you just, you just have to stick it out. I also started meditating. So I, I track it with this app called coach.me. So today was my 215th day of meditation in a row. And I started that because I was so stressed out that I needed to do something to just get my mind right, literally, <laughs> just kind of control my emotions and deal with stress. So that's been a really good habit. So what's like a, a regular day like for you? Like walk me through that. Whew. Well, the best thing I've done for myself recently is I stopped taking meetings on Mondays and Fridays. So that is good for you. Really, really nice. So Mondays. That's amazing. Yeah. So Mondays, you know, I can really sort of get into the week and, and usually get a good chunk of stuff done. And then I don't have a typical day, but I am starting to get a little bit of regularity because because I've changed to this recurring model, I have some standing meetings where I know I'm going to do, you know, strategy meetings with this client every two weeks on this day, or I've started offering coaching calls for some of my clients and those are group monthly coaching calls. So I know like, okay, I've got a plan for that and figure out a topic of what, 
what I think is going to add value for them this month. So it's a lot of, you know, I try to carve out time for creating content, um, but it's a lot of interruptions, especially in those middle of the week and scattered days where, you know, I just have a lot of meetings. So it could involve making videos, making content. I did my first Facebook Live video a few weeks ago, and I'm planning to do more of those in the near future. That was kind of fun. And what else? My friends want to run a company called Work From, and they catalog all the cool places to work remotely. And they're based here, so they have a meetup every Wednesday where you can go to a coffee shop or someplace cool and like hang out with other people who are remote workers. So I like to do that just to get out of out of the house out of the office sometimes and and change up the venue so yeah it's not it's not very typical but what is nice is i got i got a dedicated support team eight or nine months ago and so all the support requests that come in uh go to them and that has freed up a ton of my time for like focusing on more high value things and getting things done and right now I'm on a, a mission to organize my entire digital life, at least the business part of it. And so mm-hmm. the past week, a lot of my life has been dragging files around in different folders <laughs> and organizing <laughs> Dropbox. And it's not, it's not glamorous or uh, necessarily very fun, but I'm, I'm more and more feeling like, okay, if I need to put my hands on something, I'm going to know exactly where it is. And that's going to be amazing. Yeah. I tell designers all the time, or really entrepreneurs all the time, like the moment you can afford to buy just a little bit of help to take away those mundane tasks, like do it as soon as you can. So the fact that you kind of have, like you said, that support team that handles that stuff. Yeah, that's great. I've got I've got a a support guy for my business. And then I also have um, a woman who's my kind of client relationship manager. So she's sort of the front line when it comes to clients and so stuff will get escalated to me mm-hmm. which is great because that means everything that comes in I don't necessarily have to see or deal with and then for the clients that need smaller things like oh we just need you to update this page or do this image or update this ad you know the support person can take care of that super easy and again it's not something that I really have to see all the time I can focus on business development or bigger projects or things like that yeah, and even for myself, as soon as I got that support team in place, because like I don't want to manage my own site either, <laughs> and so training myself, you know, when I was like, oh, I need to add this form to that page, or I need to do whatever, like training myself to be like, oh, wait, I can send an email, and this thing will get done, and yeah. I literally had things that had been on my to-do list for six months, and I'm like, wait, I can send that to the team. It just, it was so liberating and I love it. And part of this file organization is so that I can do more of that. Like I have a virtual assistant, but until I get organized, I can't really make effective use of them as as much. And so that's part of the, uh, you know, organizer bust, I think, hashtag is <laughs> what I yeah. put on Twitter so that I can say, okay, this is the system. And now we have a system and we know where things are and how things work. And so I know that for people that are listening now, when you say you have a support team, you're not talking about like full time paid salary and benefits type of team. No, you're talking. Right. No, they're not my actual employees. I contract out support and they're they work normal business hours. But no, they're not my employees. It's it's contract help. OK. And the re- only reason I wanted to make that distinction is because I know that sometimes for entrepreneurs that want to make that switch When they think of stuff like that, when they hear other people say that, 
I think the the notion that they have is like, oh, they've got these employees. I'm like, no, they're kind of just on demand. When I need them, they work. And when I don't need them, they're doing something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And especially with my virtual assistant, like it's a company and they have an entire staff. They actually started with like a virtual employee model. So you would have to commit to like 20 or 40 hours a week of keeping someone busy, which is a lot for some people. And so they also added a pay as you go model so that you can literally send them, you know, you can say, I want to buy 40 hours. And however long it takes you to use that up, it's fine. Like you send them work when you have work and they have like their team of, you know, 50 plus people and they send your task to the person who has the right skills. So it's like, it's like having an entire, you know, corporation of people and just being able to like pull on them when you need them. And that's, that's been like a total game changer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Both of the the people that I use, I mean, right now the summer is kind of my slow season. So I don't necessarily always have a lot of super active projects. So right now my support person is helping someone else. My client relationship person, she's helping someone else. But when I need them, I can call on them. But you know, like you say, it's this kind of thing where just knowing that they're there to kind of push the work off onto Mm -hmm. just makes it so much easier. Yep. Yeah. And it, you know, it's something, it's a mindset thing. You know, a lot of people start out and they're like, why do I have to get organized? Like, it's just me. And because, you know, as soon as your business blows up, as soon as you get a little bit successful, you're not going to have enough hours in the day. And so you just have to start, you become your own biggest roadblock. There's a point where that happens and you have to either stay overwhelmed and burn out or you have to start figuring out how to pass things off. Well, let's kind of switch gears here because I know in the in the first interview that we did, which was again back in 2013, we did talk a lot about your business and we're talking about your business now just kind of seeing it's great for me to see how much things have changed and grown since then but when did you kind of first get involved with technology what kind of sparked that interest for you ah well I had a little bit of exposure in middle school I remember doing DOS programming in middle school and I didn't really latch on to it then but I I always was around computers and I was in high school part of a program where it was like the AP sort of track. And so one of the things they did was they gave us Mac computers for our four years in high school that we could keep at home. And so, I, I, you know, I had that access. I got on the internet in, I think, 1996 and got onto IRC, Internet Relay Chat. And a lot of what I learned about the internet back then was from like Xena chat rooms because I was really into Xena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I was just always sort of like that that tech person, like the person the family called to like, oh, can you fix my computer? Can you do this, do that? And so I I didn't really think about it as a career until, you know, I did, I did a bunch of just like, I didn't really have a career before I had retail jobs. And I I worked at the, uh, so if people have seen Portlandia, there's a bookstore, Women for Women First, that's portrayed in there. I worked at that actual bookstore that that's based on. (laughs) You know, I worked at Kinko's back when it was Kinko's. So I did a lot of different things, Starbucks. And then I ended up project managing at Kinko's. And then I ended up going to like a really small marketing startup and doing project management. And I had a meeting with one of our developers one. And just it was kind of a cliche light bulb moment where I realized he was probably making a bunch more money than I was. And he could work wherever he wanted. And I was like, oh, I need to do that. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I literally went back to my office and went to the community college website and called them up and said, what do I have to do to be a programmer? And so that was kind of the start and ended up getting a scholarship and going to the Art Institute of Portland and graduating with a web design and interactive media degree and got an internship and got, you know, got hired from that company. And, and that's kind of my, and actually I have a post about this, um, on my personal blog, put in the show notes, but, but that's kind of the gist of it. And, and always went into it with that sort of idea of like, this is something that I can do and work for myself. And so, um, I got fired from the company I was working for and I was like, oh, that's just the universe saying it's time, it's time to go out on your own. (laughs) Um, so, uh, and I've never really been in it for the technology. Like I'm not, I know there are people who are really excited about, you know, the next big thing, learning Node.js or, or whatever it is now. I was always excited about technology in terms of what it could do for people, like, how it could connect people, how it could help people. Now maybe we're all a little bit too connected, but (laughs) (laughs) such is life. (laughs) So yeah, I was talking uh, on another podcast about why why developers hate WordPress. Like a lot of developers really, really hate WordPress. And I Mm -hmm. think it's because they really want the technology to be a certain way. They really want code a certain way and they're really focused on that and I'm focused on oh I can help you get a website up for your business in a couple of days and there's a tool that makes that easier great let's go yeah one thing that I realized that was probably one of my aha moments once I got into business was that the client doesn't necessarily care how you got to the solution they really don't. they just care that you solve the problem they really don't care very rarely do they. If it, yeah. If and so so there's a lot of, you know, designers that will say, well, I'd use this and I use these frameworks and things like that. And it's just in one ear and out the other for the client. They're like, does it work? Can I use it? Does, it? does it solve my problem? Then we're good. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. And and when I started focusing on that, that's when I got away from like, oh, let's make you a website. Now, now when somebody says I need a website, I say, OK, why? What are you trying to accomplish? Do you need more leads? Do you need to spend less time doing manual things? Can we automate some things to save you time? Like what, you know, what is the reasoning? And so all my projects start with a discovery period where we really try to get at, you know, what are you trying to do and what does success look like? Yeah. And again, that's that mindset thing where you're, you're setting the value by not just jumping to how you can solve the problem, but what are the problems? Like, let's get to kind of the root of the issue. Yeah. And the client usually doesn't know everything about what they need they know they know what they think they want you know and (laughs) and then you find out you know you do some digging you find out like what they really need and and it might be completely different you're like like part therapist in a way you have to like draw it out of them yep (laughs) (laughs) maybe i should just be a bartender what does it mean to you to be a developer today you know, I really identify at this point more as a business owner than a developer because I'm trying to get away from being in the business as much and trying to work more on, on being on the business. So we're work more on thinking about solving the problems and how to solve them and outsourcing the actual work of building those solutions to other people. And I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not there yet. And I definitely still enjoy like getting into the code and, and building things and answering support questions. But I think the value that I can bring to people is I've spent a lot 
of time and money in the past two years learning from people who are the best of the best at what they do, whether that's, you know, marketing, email marketing, building or teaching online courses, getting organized with your business, using automation to save yourself time. Like I've just been studying with, with, with so many things, with so many amazing people. And so I think the value that I can bring to other business owners is to share those things and share what I've learned. And yes, if we need to build a technical solution to implement that, then I can do that. But it's not, it's not where I personally want to be spending my time. And Mm -hmm. so, so what it means to me, I I always say, I want to help business owners grow online without getting overwhelmed by technology because I can, you know, I can deal with the technology. My team can deal with the technology, but let's figure out what it is that's going to help you and then do that. So I think that's really what I focus on these days. Okay. I know that you've got a post on the site where you talk about some of these people that you've learned from, and these are, you know, kind of big names in the marketing and WordPress sphere, Troy Dean, Brent Weaver, Brennan Dunn, a lot of these people are kind of folks that have really, like you said, helped you to get to where you are now. Are there any other kind of mentors or people that have helped you kind of with your business that have helped you kind of succeed to get to where you are? One, uh, Jeff Walker is someone that I started following last year. He uh, does product launch formula. Definitely learned a lot from him. Shalene Johnson is someone I've recently started following and got into one of her courses. And she, I literally had never heard of her before. And she was a guest at one of Jeff Walker's events. And, you know, she's like this powerhouse, like sort of cliche little blonde exercise queen. Like that's how she made her (laughs) sort of made her name. But she's also a super badass businesswoman and has learned a lot of stuff the hard way and is really about sharing that with people and, and sort of giving them the shortcuts you know, to do it the hard way. So she's kind of the inspiration for a lot of the file organization stuff that I'm doing right now. So definitely check her out, shalenejohnson.com. And one of the things, though, that really bugs me about that list is that it's all white people. And, you know, they're like, in terms of like the business people that I follow, I have some who I consider sort of colleagues or peers. And I've been actively trying to grow my network of other black women who are in business. One who's like someone I want to be when I grow up is Tamala Huntley. And Ah, she's out of Florida. right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's, you know, I was literally scouring the internet for like other black women running WordPress based businesses. uh, Cause I felt like I, I went, I did the keynote for our WordCamp here in Portland last year, and I was I was not just the only black speaker; I was the only black person at the entire inv- event. As- oh my god! Aside from, you know, the staff <laughs> who were managing the building. Oh my god! Well, it is Portland, I it guess, is but Portland, that's but wow. You know, it really got me thinking, and I just was like, and I started googling, and you know, like black women in WordPress, and I was getting results like dark WordPress themes, and it was <laughs> it was depressing. <laughs> And I remember reaching out to Tamala and just being like, it's lonely out here. Like, where are we? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we we talked you know, fairly regularly. And, and she's really like, she's been at this for 20 years. She's, you know, and I actually, wow. I interviewed her just about marketing stuff and put it up as a bonus for some of my members and my membership site. So, so yeah, I'm actively like, I want that list to not be like all white dudes or all white people like I I you know I need for that list to be like more of us 
Yeah. And so yeah. like I'm still I'm still in the mode of, you know, putting my own mask on first, like even though I know a lot of the things that I should be doing, like getting the time to implement those things and getting that momentum from doing it regularly, like I'm still working on that. And so a lot of people sort of, you know, I look really good from the outside, but I'm not at the point where I really have the time or the energy to, to mentor other people, but it's someplace that I want to get to for sure. I am so glad that you, that you mentioned that because there was a point in my business, I say this might've been about, I don't know, maybe about two years ago, I've been doing lunch now for it'll be eight years in november my god (laughs) i kick right around the five-year mark and i was feeling like i was at a plateau and i got so heavy into looking at a lot of these kind of information product kind of people like like brennan dunn like troy dean like brent weaver actually did sign up for 10k boot camp that's we'll talk about that after the podcast. Um, but like a lot of I, I followed like a lot of those people and, and started seeing kind of what they were doing. And then that part did kind of hit me. I'm like, these are all white dudes that are doing this and not saying that I couldn't replicate that. But it also it was kind of a weird feeling like, can I replicate this? Right, right. If you don't see yourself, it's really hard. And I I have sent emails to Brent and to Troy and, to you know, like saying like, look, what you're doing is amazing. And I have, I've gotten a ton of value out of it, but just so you know, like some, I can't remember who it was on Twitter. It might've been Kate Houston talked about like getting, getting advice from white men. Like there's a certain level of like, Oh yeah, this works for everybody. That's just not true. Or it might work for everybody, but not as fast. Um, or there's a, um, there's a great post that I'll send you for show notes about like lessons. It's like lessons for minority leadership people. I, I can't, I'm, I'm getting the title botched up, but basically it talks about like sort of like this amalgam Kevin, right? Kevin's your average white dude. And like mm-hmm. Kevin can just be sort of regular mediocre or whatever and have a great life. You know? <laughs> and we can't do that. Like we have to bust ass and we have to work twice as hard. Minimum. Yeah. And it's so true. And, you know, I just, not that they were doing anything wrong, but I just want, you know, it's like these people are working online and they're working with an international audience. And I just was like, and I sent them that post and I just was like, just so you know, like your reality isn't everybody's reality. And not that, you know, not that these things don't apply, but we're, but it might not be the same experience. And I talk about, I'm doing a talk, um, I do a talk about expanding your empathy, which is very lacking in the tech industry in general. And one thing I talk about is I do this browser analogy, talking about like, if you're a white dude, then that's like having like the latest version of Chrome. Like it's fast, everything works, (laughs) it looks good, you know, but me as like a black lesbian living in Portland, which is one of the whitest large cities in America, like I might be on IE7. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, things might look a little different. They might be in the right place. Like I might not get all the images, you know, like it's just a different experience. And people have to understand that, you know, everything that you do and go through in life is colored by your experience. And a lot of white people do this sort of like, well, it works on my machine. That's not not really helpful. Oh, God, I think I saw some slide that was that the analogy that they gave about white privilege is like, that's the version of it works on my machine. Exactly. When people talk about white privilege. Yeah. I want to call out Melinda Emerson, 
who's at small biz lady on Twitter. And I don't remember how I found her, but she is, she is the business literally. Um, I haven't had time to follow a bunch of her stuff right now, but she has uh, succeed as your own boss.com. And Mm -hmm. so she's someone who, you know, just her Twitter bio is like Forbes number one influential woman for entrepreneurs. Like she's, she's a big deal. Yeah. So not that we're like, we're out there. It's just harder. It's harder. Yeah. Yeah. When I think at that time, my business, I was spending so much money. And of course the way that the money spending the money, the way that it's framed is that it's an investment, which it is, it is, it's an investment in your business, but like any investment, it may or may not pay off. That really depends on, a lot of other factors that don't necessarily have to do just with the fact that you invested in the course. Yeah. And I mean, there were so, God, I'm, I'm just thinking of all the people like who I sort of followed on a regular basis and like looked at their advice and tried to see if I could emulate some stuff like James Wedmore, Derek Halpern, Lewis Howes, Pat Flynn, David Seitman Garner, like a lot of those, those people. And they're all kind of, I want to say friends, but I guess they all sort of run in the same circles. Mm-hmm. Like, Melanie Duncan, Amy Porterfield, like they're all in that same kind of internet marketing yep. kind of, you promoting know. Promoting each other's stuff, emailing yeah, promoting each, each other. other. Lot, yep. Yeah, lots of pro- cross-promotion. They're on each other's webinars and things like this. And the main thing that I was thinking through all of that is like, why are there not any black people doing this? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's like, that's kind of like when I get my mask on, <laughs> I'm going to be like, <laughs> okay, let's go. You know, that's why I interviewed Tamala for my thing, you know, and whenever I do, you know, I do one of these podcasts and like Troy, Troy, I was on Troy's podcast and he's like, who should I interview next? And I always pick a black person. I'm like, who's killing it right now? Like, who do I want to shine on? Because they're not, they're just not going to think of it. And they're th- that those people just aren't, we're just not in their networks. And so they don't, you know, they don't think yeah. of us. So. We're not in their networks and we're not, I mean, honestly, I guess really even seen just in terms of the viewpoint where they're at and the the view that they're at. They really don't see us at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm just, you know, one of the things I was at a seminar conference or something and and we were doing sort of an exercise about really getting down to your why, like that, like why you're doing something is so important because (laughs) You have to have something that's going to push you through when it gets hard because everything's going to get hard at some point. And really what I got down to is like I want to help other black women start online businesses so they can get free of like whatever job or whatever. You know, if you're feeling miserable at your job, if you're crying in the bathroom, (laughs) I did a talk called Stop Crying in the Bathroom and Start Your Own Business. did that a few years ago because I'm just like, you know, there's a lot of people who just they want to have jobs and that's they like that structure and whatever. But there's a lot of people who are convincing themselves that they're Mm -hmm. okay in their job when secretly they just don't know how to do anything different. And for those people or for the people who like know they're miserable and and just need structure and need a way to do something else like I really want to help those people yeah I totally 100% get where you're coming from there I I do want to ask this question and you can answer this or not it's totally up to you so you talk about diversity very publicly and very vocally online on Twitter on your personal blog has there ever been any kind of pushback from clients like current clients or potential clients because of that. And, and the reason that I'm asking is because we had this post on our blog uh, a few months ago called Double Consciousness in Design. 
that talks about kind of how as black designers or as black, I guess, you know, as sort of black people that work in this space, how we sort of see things through a different lens, so to speak. I'm so glad you asked. So my best story about that is that I'm a little less vocal on Twitter just because, like, I'm trying to get work done. <laughs> so I'm not right, right. I'm not making as much mess on Twitter as I used to. And I, I, I promised myself I would retire from Twitter fighting, which I mostly have. But back in the day when I was on there all the time and just, like, someone's wrong on the Internet, you know, duking it out with people, I really got into it with this woman about – well, you know what? That's not even important. But I really got into it and I decided like, I'm not even going to do this. I just took it to the blog. And I wrote this post and I just sent the link back to her and I was like, this is it. I'm done. Like, this is what I have to say about this. So then a little while later, I got an inquiry on my business website and I always asked like, how did you find me? And the answer was, Uh, I saw you fighting on Twitter with this person who I happen to know and is kind of annoying. So I went to your blog to see what was up. And then I was like, oh, I need a WordPress developer. (laughs) Oh, my God. So so (laughs) that's the, the story I tell when people ask me that question. You know, one of the things that people will tell you, and Shaleen says this a lot, is like you want to be you like really loudly you because that's going to attract the people that you want to attract and it's going to repel the people that you want to repel so i don't Mm want to work with anybody who's not okay with my twitter bio saying you know queer feminist outrage and cats (laughs) if you're not down with that then we shouldn't work together so no it hasn't been an issue okay Uh, we were talking about that honestly in the slack room i think a, a while back someone had posted something about I guess kind of that very same thing about how the the advice around being yourself at work or being yourself with your business, how that doesn't really work for black people. Yeah, I, I mean, being yourself at it, work it, is a whole different. <laughs> right. Which, which I mean, it's not like saying that, you know, you're walking around with a, you know, black power fist raised or anything, but there are just certain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it can be very different if you're in a work environment. And, you know, I experienced that as well. I mean, I was fired for culture fit. So, yeah, I, I totally get that. And, and even in business, if you're starting out and, you know, you're just like, I got to eat, you know, yeah. we all start out just sort of saying yes to everybody because you you need the money. And that, that's mm-hmm. just that's just reality. So that it's a luxury of, you know as you get sort of further down the path and get more secure in yourself and your business and knowing like, yes, you can always find client, the clients that are right for you. And my, you know, my new motto for 2016 is, you know, hell yes or no. Like it's not, you know, there's Troy teaches like, you know, put your client through this thing and give them a scorecard and all this. And I'm like, or hell yes or no. Like, you know, I actually had somebody that I had committed to working with, and then there was a big gap between I went between when I said like okay here's what you need to do to get started and when I heard from her again it was like 12 days and in the meantime I met another client and talked to them and 20 minutes later they're emailing like we're ready to go we love you like what do we do to sign up and I was like oh that's how it's supposed to be that's yeah. that's how this is supposed to work like you're supposed to be excited we're both supposed to be excited you know and fired up and ready to get some amazing things done like i don't want to drag anybody across the finish line and so i had to go back to that first person and say like actually i can't i can't do this with you um yeah. 
she totally got it. But so that's kind of where I'm at, na- at now. And even, you know, it's not like I'm sitting on a, a, a pile of money like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to, you know. But I, I've worked with enough of the wrong people to know that doing it for the money doesn't always pan out in terms of, you know, if it sucks your energy, if it takes too much time, you know, if it takes too much time, it's the wrong people. If you're having to drag them across the finish line, like the little bit of money you get from that isn't necessarily worth it. Like I'm trying to keep space open for like the really right people to come along who I can knock it out of the park for. I certainly find that, I mean, with my business, I think the longer that I've been in business, plus the older that I get, it's just, you just don't have time for all that other bullshit. Yep. Either it's going to work out or it's not. It, it just it's that's just how it is. There's a usually like when I send out proposals to clients, I only I want to say maybe a few years ago started putting an expiration date on it. Oh, yeah, because I because I would have people that would I would give a proposal to and they'd come back to me a year later thinking I would honor the same price and timeline. And I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'll, I'll tell clients now, like if we can't get going in at least two weeks, then forget about it. Mm hmm. Like we need to, if you're that serious where you come to me and I've spent all this time putting this stuff together and talking with you, that should say to me that you're ready to go. If you're not ready to go right now, we can just stop right here. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. I started putting 30 days on mine and I did that after I met someone, went through a proposal process and then didn't hear from him for 14 months. And then he came back was like, okay, now he's like, now I'm ready. Like, can we still do that, that proposal? I was like, oh no, we have to start over. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, we did. And that was a great project. But yeah, 30 days, like, you know, and you have to, like, I think I used to get it so attached to each individual thing, right? You get so attached and you're just like, and you get in that mode of like, well, should I email? I haven't heard, should I email him? I haven't heard from him. Like, is it too soon? You know, instead of like, just moving on, just being like, keep it pushing and keep, you know, bringing in leads and talking to new people and yeah. whoever's ready to go is ready to go. And, you know, that timing is, is different for everybody. So, but I, I don't get as caught up in that anymore. And, and that's the other reason too, for trying to develop a product, like trying to develop this course is to have that space to not have to do you know to not have to take projects that i i know i really shouldn't take so and to be you know to be able to help people sort of on a one-to-many level so because once this course is built if someone wants to join it's already built like you know if i get a new client that's like onboarding time ramp up time kickoff you know getting getting the whole thing doing doing the actual work project managing like that's like, like a commit a huge commitment now to my time Whereas if I build something and then sell it, then, you know, I can just scale that really well. Yeah. So looking back from the interview that we did, which I think I remember was in May of 2013 to now, are you where you kind of wanted to be at this stage in your life? Do you feel like you're satisfied with your business? No, not even close. (laughs) Not even close. And really, like, the first two years of my business, I felt like, it was kind of a miracle that I did as well as I did. Cause the first year I dealt with a whole bunch of health issues. Well, one health issue that just really took over the year. So I, I had four surgeries for fibroids and that was like the fact that I did anything else or accomplished anything else was kind of a miracle. And then the second year was just sort of life transition. So my wife and I sold our old house. We bought a new one. I did a huge amount of travel 
you know, there was just all this stuff going on. And so I really felt like last year, 2015, I went into it thinking like, okay, this is going to be the year of my business. I'm going to be super focused. I'm going to really like get this thing off the ground. That's when I joined 10K Bootcamp, which is Brent Weaver's course. Mm -hmm. And it kind of worked, but it kind of also turned out to be, this is the year I'm going to make all the mistakes (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then figure out how to like, restructures so that I don't do those things again. So, you know, it's like you yeah. think like, oh, I've got this, like I figured this out. <laughs> and then the universe is like, well, no, you haven't quite figured it all out. There's this and this and, this, and oh, by the way, this too. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and it's always something you don't even expect. Yeah. I, I swear to God it is. I mean, now being in it for as long as I am, it, when it happens, all I can... When stuff like that happens, the theme music from Curb Your Enthusiasm just pops in my head like, just got to just gotta do it. Just got to get it done. You know, I can't, you know, spend time wondering what happened. I just got to yeah, fix can't it. Yeah, can't go back. And so, yeah. So am I where I want to be? Not even close. Like, I've, I really am still digging my way out from the mistakes of 2015. And that's probably going to be true for a while. But have I learned a ton of stuff? Yes. Am I implementing on those things yes um so you know even three months from now i'll be in a way better place because of the things i learned and the things i'm doing and that i think i think most business owners probably feel that way i think you know i just watched a an interview with that ryan dice did with john i can't remember his last name he wrote the power of broke like having sort of a broke mentality helps you stay hungry in business and will help you succeed more than sort of like when you make it and you start resting on your laurels and, and, you know, and those guys are millionaires many times over. Like, Oh, the guy from Shark Tank. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Damon John. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I don't think anybody successful is really like super satisfied <laughs> with where they're at, but, but I'm satisfied with my direction. I'll say that. Let's fast forward. Let's, you know, let's, let's forecast. Let's say five years from now, it's 2021. What do you see yourself doing? What do you think your business will be? So probably I'll have, you know, maybe a few different courses that I sell regularly that I run. I'm going to run my courses in cohorts. So I'll probably be running, you know, two to four like courses per year probably be working with clients, but maybe two to three like projects per year. We'd be doing something with something formal around mentoring black women who want to start run online businesses. Like when I think about the future like that, like I think of myself like at a retreat in a really beautiful place with a bunch of other black women entrepreneurs where we're just like eating a lot of really good food and working on our business every, every day. And like, that's, that's a, a vision I have in my future. So I gotta, I gotta handle my business first, but that's, that's a thing I'm working towards. That would be amazing to do. I would, I would love to see something like that. I know I see other like information marketing folks do that where they have like a two day or a three day retreat or something. Mm-hmm. I could really see something like that being beneficial, like not on a, on a empowerment kind of thing, but more really on like, this is what you need to do. This is, these are the nuts and bolts that you need to kind of start your business yeah. and make it happen. Well, this is what the white people are doing. I mean, you know, you find posts on James Clear site or Nathan Berry, like they all go do those little retreats and like map out their 
skulls and do all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. But with a bunch of black women. So I don't have the mental overhead of, are you going to say some bullshit? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, like, well, we're going to have to, we're going to kick you out the system. Yeah, circle, and, that and have to happen. Like, I don't really run into that a lot in the, in the networks that I'm in, but you know, in Portland, like out and about, it's always a, a risk. And, you know, of just whenever you're in a group where you're like one of a few, just haven't like, okay. F- for example, I went to, uh, I went to a WordPress meetup and I, I hadn't been out of the house in a while. I think it was winter <clears throat> and literally had the thought on my way there. Like, wow, I haven't even been to a space with a bunch of white people in a, in a while. Like, and then I didn't think about it anymore until this guy said, asked me where I was from. And I said, I'm from here. And he's like, Oh, where are you really from? Oh, and I almost said to him, Oh, you mean in the racist way? Like I'm black, so I can't possibly be from Portland, you know? And like those things happen when you're out and about in the world and in, in spaces where you're just like one of a few. And so there's always that risk. And so when you're in a group where it's just black people, or it's just black women, you don't have that overhead. And so it's just one of my dreams. And I did find, I, it doesn't say her name on her site, but there's someone who runs um, happyblackwoman.com who's doing something kind of like that where she helps women. Oh, Rosetta Thurman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I met Rosetta. God, that was, Back in DC in like 2010 at a blogging conference. Yeah, she's really she's really cool. She's in. I know she moved to Hawaii. I don't know if she's oh, still there. Yeah, I think I'm following her on Twitter too. Yeah, I think she bounces around. So yeah, I was like, oh, that's that's the business. Oh, and another thing that's on my list, which I don't think I'm gonna make it this year, is like I've never been to Blogging While Brown, which I would really love to go to. It sounds like a really cool event. Yeah, I think it's in, it's in DC. Oh, it's in D.C. Okay. Yeah, it's this month or or early next month. Yeah, it's kind of moved around a bit. I know it was in it was in New York. It started here in Atlanta, then it was in Chicago, I think, one year in New York, and then Austin. So it sort of moves moves around. But um, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's next month. It's next month. Yeah, Gina's almost coming up on on ten years with that. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I remember when she first started it when when her and I were talking about it. God, wow. I feel so old just saying that. No, cause... but it's great. It's like start <laughs> germinate of an idea, and you know, it's like we have an event here called Say Hey, and uh-huh. it's this big corporate thing sponsored, and it's to help. It's to help introduce um, people of color who are new to the region. So it's not like a coming out party for like business or for employees. So if you move here within the last sixteen months. And you're an honoree. They they introduce you, say where you, what you do, where you moved from, and all that good stuff. And then it's a huge, you know, huge networking event that, well, sells out. I mean, fills up. It's free, but you know, it's like three, four hundred people, and that happens every quarter. And it's just so great to like go to that event. And they talked about at the last one, like it just started with like you know a dozen of us who were like, where are all the brown people? <laughs> And now it's this huge thing, and it's great. It's great to see that progression. Nice. Well, Karanda, just to kind of wrap things up, where can our audience find out more about you and about your work and everything online? So on the business tip, I am at carveldigital.com. That's spelled like Marvel, but with a K in front. 
I'm also Carvel Digital on Twitter and Carvel Digital on Facebook. I finally I finally got off my butt and made a Facebook page. And personally, you can find me at Caronda.com or at Caronda on Twitter. And if you like food and cats, you can follow me on Instagram at Ephany, E-P-H-A-N-Y. All right. Sounds good. Well, Karanda, thank you again so much for for coming back. I should say, I'm not saying like, you know, coming on the show. This is the first time you're being on the show. But it's it's always great for me to kind of see where people have gone from when I first talked to them to now, just in terms of the progression of this show. I mean, we just had our our 150th episode wow. back in July. That's awesome. And it's just so interesting. Like I encounter people and just seeing how they've grown so much from when I talk to them. So this has been a treat. I cannot wait to see what you're going to pull off in the future. This is, this is really something. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me back. And you know, it was great. Like I was here before it was cool and, and it's great to come back. <laughs> Thoughts of love are and that's it for this week. Big thanks to Karanda Adair and thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Karanda and her work through the links in the show notes at revisionpath.com. Thanks, of course, as always, to our sponsors, Facebook Design, MailChimp, and Hover. Facebook invests in design. They care deeply about how their design team might do their best work, and that manifests itself in a number of different ways, such as building tools like origami, sharing what they've learned on Medium, and by giving back to the design community. Just recently, they started doing these uh, portfolio reviews. So if you go to our Facebook page, you can see where we posted some stuff about that. Uh, If you're interested more about learning about Facebook design, check them out at facebook.com forward slash design. More than 10 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. Their attitude may be playful, but their business is serious. Sign up for a free account today. MailChimp. Send better emails. Hover takes all the hassle and confusion out of buying and managing your domains. Search for a few keywords and Hover will show you the best available options across all the 400 plus domain extensions out there. Are you ready to get started? Then save 10% off your first purchase by using our promo code REVISIONPATH at checkout. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our intro is by Music Man Dre with intro and outro audio by Yellow Speaker. If you like this episode, please do me a huge favor. Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. It only takes a minute or two, and it really, really helps the show by bumping us up in those iTunes rankings for design. Revision Path is brought to you by Lunch, a multidisciplinary creative studio in Atlanta, Georgia. If you like the work we're doing with the podcast and the website, then visit us over at Patreon and become a patron. Just go to patreon.com forward slash revision path to pledge your support. Pledge level start at just $1 a month and you'll get access to behind the scenes information about the show, upcoming interviews, and so much more. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.